Ghostman Show on AlbionRadio.com The Penzanian White Bigfoot, the creature of creatures. As first seen, a witness named Anita B, who saw one in the forest, described it as being about seven feet tall with matted droidy, white hair all over it. She would say the creature, her eyes were dark. Its eyes were dark and spaced far apart. White hair covered the lower part of its face. Her pinkish skin around the eyes and forehead. It looked like its hair was a long, little longer to its head and hanging over its forehead like bangs. Whenever it was stayed dormant for a while, dormant for a while until 1973, two young girls spotted an eight-foot tall beast with shaggy white fur and glowing red eyes in Beaver County. This report was particularly odd and surreal as the creature was described as holding some sort of glowing orb on its massive head hand. When the frightened girls told their father about it, he allegedly went out looking for it, but they could not find a trace. Even more bizarrely, a pearly white bigfoot white creatures will not be seen later than the same year near Unitown. Town, Unitown, this time protection with a UFO hovering over the pasture they're in. A local woman claimed to have shot the creatures with a shotgun, but that had no effect. In 2008, there were reports of white Bigfoot rummaging about the rural area of Clellabone, Pennsylvania. Numerous uh, reported of the creature at the same time. A beast in particular said to roam about the old band of Rhine, where he claimed sight of acidity. Here is what a local man said about it. Even in my opinion, this is a hoax. Somebody thought went into this to make it look like realistic and believable. A person put on a white makeup and then put some sort of white jacket on the head of a white flesh material material that used a tight fake very tight. Using a flashlight with a video camera was a perfect way to cover up the flo- any flaws, only showing the subject the waist up. Since no mask was used, facial expressions and reaction, the light would be made look very natural. Jerking the light f- flash subject very fast. The footage that was shown was not that good. Another one. Uh, about 50 years ahead of, ahead of me, us, was something in the road. It was all back on all fours. The snow white is bigger than a dog. Way bigger. As we got closer, it turned up and looked over right our way. Its mouth moved. It stood on two legs. began running across the road and up through the woods. I never said, said, said a thing. All I could do was sit there stunned. A few minutes later, Joe asked, Have you seen what, what have you seen? Unable to answer, I began to cry. Another West Virginia pool comes from the area called Baker's Ridge. It involves a college student. Thinking about that, that some animal like a raccoon, she went to shoo it off. When peering through the window, revealed two glowing red eyes peering right back, framed with a dark shape around five feet in height. A mainstream animal then ran at the house of two legs and began banging on the windows and walls and left forth a furrowing furious smell as it loomed past the thin bell of glass separating them 
The witness would see it was covered in long, scraggy white hair and remarkably human-like hands. After some time of lurking right outside the window, the thing soaked aloft in the night, and shortly after she could hear it refusedly ransacking the garbage bales. It ran a bit further from the house before practically disappearing. When she inspected the area under the perceived sight, safety of the daylight, she discovered the f- 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 whatever it was left behind footprints, bag- muddy human-like handprints streaked all over the windows of garbage and other mysterious objects strewn about the place. The garbage cans themselves crushed and twisted great false. Another witness is a lady in Odorell, Missouri, who says she'd been visiting her parents long with her four-year-old son at the time. This is what the thing, for lack of what known words would call it, was that I saw was walking on two legs aimlessly, not in a hurry, as could find a reason to why it came up in the yard, so he was just looking round aimlessly and allegedly walking. There was a wooden fence mostly for decoration and only about twenty feet away. The thing could walk next to. My mother has some decorations. I can't remember hanging on to the fence, and the same thing started to look at me. I get to it. The dog but did not startle the creature, he just kept walking. I was absolutely astounded by what I was seeing. It's not for the fact the dog was seeing it too. I would have been wondering if my eyes or brain were playing tricks on me. I decided to be brave and open the screen door just enough to stick my head outside. That's when the thing looked at me, met my gaze, I stood there half afraid of reaction. My next move, but more curious than anything, my heart was racing. I held up my son to look at it again. I was still indoors. After it stood, it looked at me and yet showed no fear. I had some time to study it and I was racking my brain to identify what I was seeing. It was between four and five, six four feet tall, walking on two legs, covered with head to toe in white, white, long white hair. Its face was mostly covered in white hair as well, except for its eyes and maybe its mouth. He did not have the snout like a dog. His shape and build was that of a human. I even compared it to bear my head, but there was not enough similarities. This thing was not very realistic in behaviour. The way it walked and looked at me were more typical human behaviours. Yet the way it wandered and seemed oblivious to the man-made things around it, cars and trailers and even a fence, were more like the characteristics of an animal. I did not make the feeling that it was aggressive or wanted to cause harm. Yet, because of the size and animalistic nature of it, I knew it was strong and it could hurt me, my son, or the dog. I began to walk to walk from the side of the garage, out of my sight, but closer towards the end of the trailer. I had the bedroom my mum was sleeping, napping in. I ran down into the bedroom and began frankly looking out the windows, searching to see if it had gone. I woke my mother up to me tizzy, up in the tip of my tizzy. I quickly told her I had seen and wanted to look at the look. She was still half asleep and slow in process of process what I was seeing. I did not see where it went from there. I could not locate it through the windows. I was very much too afraid to go outside and look. Another one comes from the Anabama Bigfoot Society. At first we thought it was a large man with a white hood over his head. He severely frightened the young boy. 
They all want, went around the house to see if it's someone who intended to do harm. The creature was well gone by now. As Simon saw the creature was in a ditch, and that he and the thing caught each other's attention at the same time. That made eye contact a few moments. We says that looked at each other eye to eye, but it made no sound, nor did it make any frightening threatening move towards him. It simply walked slowly, off in the dense forest. It walked away, and could tell the covered tolly with long, solid white hair. The white hair fell over his face. No other features than its eyes. It told them that the creature stood and now stood up. And the only time it, had been, it could have been a white Bigfoot. Hot Paranormal. Transylvanian University, Lexington, Kentucky. Don Free, the church school, has created a curse upon it. A year later, the university lost its state funding. Furthermore, year of devastating fire and golf defrauds may be destroying anything, but some possessions were left behind. Another fire broke on the campus in 1969. Macabre connections to this story. It came from the 80s. It came from the 80s. The unleashed man versus ape mayhem. For the most part, the great age of protective events meant unhibited creativity and horror. Horror and deadly creatures that thankfully only exist in the celluloid. Monsters are always plucked from there. But such is the case's link of Hello Thriller unleashes a trio of pyramids upon unsuspecting humans. Directed by Richard Franklin, centers around, the, around young zoology student Jane Jace. She approaches the university professor, Dr. Stephen Philip, about an assistant position. She invited to his remote coastal summer home to assist with his experience. Meant to research a link between man and ape. Dr. Phillips of a trio of Germanese in his, at his home. Free to wonder the premises, the eldest she's link. A male troop that dresses in butler's clothes and rises up on service. But the primate's serious strength means that Jane has to be abided by specific rules with server safety, never interfere the trips in fighting, and attain dominance by always forgive but always forgive. When Dr. Phillips disappears one day, James soon as he travelled to London for a scheduled appointment. The longer he's gone, the more violent the chimps become. By the way, he's probably noticed something's off with Link. It's not that he's wearing clothes or that he prefers fades, but displaying human mannerisms like smoking cigar. It's, it's not a chimp at all. He's a orangutan. Poor Lot the orangutan got a roll. His trainers dyed his hair in black. He was given prosthetic ears to make him look like a chimp. In the film, Link is a 45-year-old circus animal, often tests boundaries with its human masters. As the other two mates, mates, they limp. There's Imp, the youngest, and the favoured chimp at about, about lunch. A penchant for animal slaughter, voodoo. A female, often cave because she's so aggressive. Carrie, an adult amp, plays voodoo. It's very common for a film to use a violent an adult amp chimp because the character voodoo. They tend to be much more aggressive and violent. While using primates as shoot meant a li- much more as uh, authentic arrangement with a film, it's also made production more difficult. 
Even more so, considering there was pressure on the Franklin to use men in primate suits, not actual primates. The animal doctors could, could only perform their tasks. Actors could only perform their tasks in limited spurts and often use wheelchairs when not shooting to conserve energy. Much of their performance was on head ape trainer Red Roy Bedwick. Franklin approached Link the same way he approached Psycho, too, with a sense of mystery and mood. Dr. Phillips' whereabouts are unknown for the length of the runtime. Meanwhile, Jane unwittingly breaks all the sibling rules and causes increasing erratic behaviour with her gym companions. That makes these months a, a little different from the norm. If they don't fit the standard villain role. There's a, body, there's a body count, and one final aha moment ends the film on a sombre note of terror. But frankly, doesn't treat this film as a traditional horror film. Short ghost stories. A puppy in the basement. Mummy told me not to go in the basement. I wanted to see what was making that noise. It was fine, it sounded like a puppy. I wanted to see the puppy. I opened the basement door and tiptoed down a bit. I didn't see a puppy. When Mummy yanked me out of the basement and yelled at me. Mummy had never yelled at me before. It made me sad and I cried. Then Mummy told me never to go to the basement again. She gave me a cookie. That made me feel better. So I did not ask her why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy. Or why he had no hands nor feet. Nunchucks. When my daughter was two, I found a world in paper towels. Tubes tied with twine in the air. I asked her what she was doing. She said she was practicing nunchucks. I was very confused, as she's no way knowing what they were. I asked what she meant. She said to Adam, I told her how to make them and showed her each night how to use them. She went to say that Adam told her to practice because she may need to know how to defend herself sometime. Someday. I almost freaked out when I asked her what I looked like. She said he was a tall blonde had blue eyes. I said, oh, I mean, you know how he looks. You know him. He died of a headache. I had to leave the room. You see, four months before she born, a tall, blonde, blue-eyed martial art pro friend had died of a brain aneurysm at the age of 27. She had not spoken of him since that day. I'm not sure if I scared her with my reaction or she's completed her lessons. There's <coughs> somebody under the bed. Sometimes very short stories are the best. I've been tucking him in bed and he tells me Daddy, check for monsters on my bed. I look underneath his movement to see him. Another him. On the bed, staring back at me, quivering, whispering, Daddy, there's somebody on my bed. The chair. My my sisters Betsy and I were kids. Our family lived with a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring the dusty corners and climbing the apple tree in the backyard. My favourite thing was the ghost. We called her mother. Because he seemed so kind and naturing. Some mornings Betsy and I would wake up with each other on our night stands. We would find a cup that had been there for the night before. Mother had left them there, worried, and we got thirsty during the night. She wanted to take care of us. Among the home's original virgins was an antique wooden chair. We left against the back wall of the living room, wherever we were preoccupied watching TV or playing a game. Mother would inch that chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she ran, she managed to move it all the way into the centre of the room. She always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we moved out, 
I found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse original argument a widow. She murdered her two children by giving them a cup of poisoned milk before bed. Then she hung herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse living room. With a woman hanging from a beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was the old wooden chair, placed exactly in the centre of the room. It did cut cold in there, was it just me? A ghost at home. Last night a ghost rushed out of the house to catch the opening act of the Last night a friend rushed me out of the house to catch the opening act at local bar's music night. After a few drinks, I realised my phone was in my pocket. I checked the table where it was sitting in the bar, the bathrooms, and after no luck, I used my friend's phone to call mine. After two drinks, someone answered it, gave out a low, raspy voice and giggle, and hang up. It didn't answer again. I eventually gave up on my lost causes. Heading home, I found my phone lying on that stand right where I left it. And finally, there's something a little different. I bet you wanted to put together something spooky and came up with these two senses ghost stories designed to get you thinking. Mama, Mummy, the man at the top of the stairs says you should leave. I woke to hear knocking on glass. At first I thought it was a window, until I heard it from the mirror again. It's nothing like a laughter of a baby. This uh, it's 1am and you're home alone. If you're into scary books, then, well, what's Christmas time about a little scare? Piercing, Raoul Macari. This is the only ghost story of 12 ghost story books. This that isn't quite included ghosts. It'll leave you shivering in a chair for days on end. All that matters right, all we tell you is a protagonist gets his head. What he wants to pierce the skin of his new baby. Chaos ensues. It, Stephen King. It may made in a movie once before, and released again in 2017. Terrifying adults and children, teenagers alike. Whatever. It tells a tale of a clown that lives in the sewers who shows himself through balloons and sinks filled with blood. He's never read the book? You really, really should need to. Is a tale on the demon, something from other dimension? Stephen King is a master of weaving tales about paranormal, particularly the world, new world book, next book. The Shining. I never miss a, it's a film. You have a better, but even a better book. Marty's storyteller Stephen King reads a magnificent tale of a man his family go to live in a hotel in the Rockies for the winter, whereby the spirits of the hotel slowly send the man into a rage-induced frenzy. Ghost story, Peter Stabber. Quite literally, the best ghost stories in contemporary fiction. Stabber's breakout ghost story tells the story of a group of men who gather together and swap spooky stories. Unfortunately for them, the creatures from their territories, as well as some demons from the past, set upon them while they swap tales. It'll keep you up for days on end. Dark Matter by Michelle Paver. In one of the traditional ghost stories, and this tale is accomplished writer Michelle Paver. Tale of a group of men in an Arctic in the 1930s is already incredibly sinister setting. What with all the darkness, snow, fog and eerie silence, what makes it even worse is that the men try to make sense of the darkness around them. They encounter something more horrific than they ever, ever appreciated. The man, woman in black, Susan Hill. Next to uh, and this is the woman in black. The book is a little different from the film. 
There's a book locked nursery with screams and calls for help coming from the marshes around the house, and the children in the nearby village are going missing. Is it the woman in black? How else Richard Matterson? Billionaire Dr. Lionel Burnett decides he wants to enter and stay in a haunted house so he could prove there's something. After death, the house is owned by a rather perverted man called Emelik Bersergo. There's a huge amount of negative energy residing there, just waiting for Burnett to enter. The turn of the shrew, grew. Henry James. In this story, governess is employed by a man with a condition that she's never ever contact her employer. Her job is to look after the niece and nephew. But on the very first day job, the nephew is expelled from school. She grapples with whether or not to tell her employer. But there's stranger things that start to occur. Spirits appear, but the children don't see him. So, we're not sure whether or not these ghosts are real or not. House of Leaves, Mark Z. Danileski. It's another haunted tales tale, but it really does well. It gets outside your head, under your skin. It plants a pleasant sense of claustrophobia in your mind and a creepy sense of dread. But don't leave you for days. The Trail, Frank Capesa, Pigisa. The very best setting of a ghost story is when the main character is false. It's a kind of lifetime of isolation. Relentlessly pursued by unseen forces and spirits, but does not need to know why or who these unseen spirits are or what they want from him. The trial that the character faces sends him into a downward spiral of mental despair. We follow him on that journey. The Books of Blood, Clive Baker. The collection of short stories has some bloody tales, some psychological unsetting, and some extremely creepy. There are some ghost stories in there, an excellent book if you're a fan of short stories. Heart-shaped box, Joe Hill. It's a little bit like the clown. The progress buys a suit, where he overtakes him, body and soul. Is a suit possessed by a demon or poltergeist? Does the poltergeist latch on the protagonist? Read out more to find out more. Parasologist Dr. Hans also changed the face of paranormal research half a century ago and travels to his latest mystical show, The House of Elves. His daughter, Alexander Hansa, proudly carries on his legacy on The House of Elves. True hauntings date back to the 1950s with documented letters, photographs, and super chilling and audio. Visual recordings of America's first ghost hunter, Hans Hauser, being reopened and explored by a dedicated paranormal team led by investigator Don Deschrona, psychic Cindy Colpez, equipment tech Shane Paderman, and Hansel's daughter, Alexander. I grew up with that environment and not with Dad, but with Mother, Alexander Hauser said, adding that her mum was a Russian countess. They both had that background in different areas. It's fascinating, so I'm really can't get away with it. Dr. Hurst wrote about Hunter Moore, a hundred and forty books about ghosts and the afterlife and witchcraft, beings and other phenomena. One of the most notable investigations was the Long Island Home, so inspired the Oath of Horror. Plus, Dan O'Croyd has said that it's because 
Holland, obsessed with a Dr. Harris writing, inspired to write ghost hunting story of his own, which is the idea of the film Ghostbusters Born. After the film Father Died, My Father Died in 2009, Heiser went public with an interest in an adventure to communicating with the dead public, but didn't really know what to do with it. Fate stepped in. She says her recently deceased father spoke to her. Happens that she was connected by Florida. Paranormal investigators asked her to do a ghostbot section. She reluctantly agreed. When Hussle was on the phone, investigators were filming a session at the end of the ghostbot. To the hand. Nobody was looking to call out my father. They weren't even f- thinking like that. They wanted to invite me because I was still in the field together. And Dad and I worked together, even when I was still alive. So several minutes into the season, a name came through the box. I spoke a different language. I had a million in his language. Hosa believed it to be a farmer. I learned throughout the past decade to get voices in different tones and accents and sometimes not speaking English because the box pulls in their energy from all around and we made of energy, she exclaimed. So he has to announce, trying not to cry. I am said, oh, Daddy, are you okay? Which is the first thing I want to know is if your parents have crossed over and trying to come over, okay? I don't know who, who he was in life, knowing what everything was I was taught. I because that little girl, he came through and could, could hear. Yes, you, when he heard you love you, and that was when life changed everything for me. Unexplainable activity began to grab up at my home four years ago. A father guided her follow her father's footsteps. Like, like his books were literally flying on his bookcase in a room. When she and her husband said, OK, He's got our attention. Since then, for several years now, we've been communicating with him. He's gone when he's needed. Come when he's needed, she said. But vivid dreams have got in dreams and analysis. Really all connected. You've been having a potent dream. Whenever someone has loved the past, they come back. A kind of room they most recognise and maybe just stressed out at the right season or time. They really are visiting you. I know we're here. And the world is his spirit spoke to her holding last a simple and potent one of the things he said of her had a session with white him and said I was still alive if something would stay and God bless him you've been listening to the ghost man show on lbradio.com and I've been talking about white squ- uh, big apes or Sasquatches, as you prefer. Bigfoots. White Bigfoots, that's it. Not big weight, he's full. I'm going in the corner now, where my dancer's house. I do apologise. Oh my god, I got it wrong. Paranormal and a lot, and a few little ghost stories. I hope uh, this is going to be not, uh, towards near Christmas, this one. And I hope uh, you like my Christmas special I did for you the next day. That's his more base than Santa. And a few facts about Santa and how we people see him. Of course, Santa is real. The same as lots of things are real around this time of year. Because it's the magic of Christmas. We all know about it. We all heard about it. We all see it every time. We always wish for a white Christmas. How many white Christmases do we need? Well, actually, you only need white. One snowflake to fall on the ground to make it a white Christmas. Sorry about that, I was having a drink of water. Because my throat was a bit dry. Yes, I'm waffling on to kill the time, as sometimes I do, because 
I'm running out of time, and it's not really worth getting into a subject which is eight minutes long. First, when I've only got three couple of minutes left to finish the show off with. I hope you've enjoyed my year so far on LBRadio.com. Well, it's not been really a year, but I hope you've enjoyed my little stint so far. Um, I'll come uh, next one will be the last one in twenty. 19 and then we'll be in 2020 and totally new decade wow how did that come my friends a whole decade time traveling is happening as we speak i wrote a book about that not a very good book you may add but it's a book out there on smash words please look it up my friends yes that was a, a blatant plug yes a blatant plug time i also do my own radio show called the ghost man Radio station available on Red Circle Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Sorry about that. Did her own plug there. Oh, probably get taken off this bit. Oh no, don't do that, Patrick. I do apologise. I'll do a albionradio.com plug if you like. Please listen to radio albionradio.com. Listen to their great number one shows. Music, comedy, and much, much more on AlbionRadio.com, the number one show station for you to listen to this year, 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 year. And don't forget the Ghostman Show on Mondays and Tuesdays from 7.30 to 8. Goodbye. I hope you've enjoyed this po- this podcast bit. It's not a bit left field, but it's, hey, it's the end of the year. What more do you expect? Festivities are coming up. Overweight. Too much to eat. Too much noise to sleep. Oh dear. Time to go, said somebody. Good night, said somebody. Good night. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Hello, hello, hello. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, bye. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Good night and goodbye.